Hi, I'm Jim Paolino, CEO of Lodestar Software Solutions and the host of Lodestar's Landing Leaders. On this podcast, we bring in thought leaders from across the real estate industry and occasionally outside of it to have conversations that are insightful, interesting, and impactful. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining today. We have a great guest, Laura Brandeo, um, president of AFR, author of Say Yes Every Day um, on the New Jersey MBA um, great industry person and woman with vision. Sorry, there's so many things, Laura, we're trying to rattle them off. I think you can describe yourself a little bit better than, than me with all of the things you're working on. But, you know, not only are you running uh, a mortgage company successfully, um, author of a book, podcast host, which we'll get into a little bit, I would love to hear just, you know, what got you into the industry, then what got you to the point to be a media mogul, and, you know, what keeps you going every day? Well, first off, Jim, thank you so much for having me. It is truly a pleasure. All right, my story, which it's actually in my book, Say Yes Every Day, but my story, of course, I'm like all those other people that accidentally fell into the mortgage industry. My way of getting in is I was a young mom. I married my high school sweetheart. We got married very young and I got pregnant right away. At that time, we couldn't afford daycare. So the plan was, you go to work, I'll stay home. Well, I was bored out of my mind. I loved the time with my son, but I was very, very bored and I needed to do something. So in the evening, I decided, okay, when you come home, you take baby, I'll go to work. I pretty much had two options. Mm -hmm. One option at that time would be to go work in a mall or a store or something. And the second option Mm -hmm. was getting on the phone. So I walked into a marketing company at that time, and I was given two options. One option, I could have the phone ring, and I could answer the phone. Mm -hmm. And the second option, I could call out to people. And now most people would take the option of having the phone ring. Even at that young age, I did not take that road. I decided I wanted to control my own destiny. And I was put on a mortgage campaign. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I would call homeowners, you know, while they were eating dinner or while they were playing with their children. And it was Laura Brandeo calling them to let them know they could probably benefit from a refinance. And let me just get down some information so that a loan officer can call them back. Well, I was so successful mm-hmm. at that. Within five years, Jim, I not only was promoted supervisor, manager, Mm -hmm. I was running the marketing company at that time. And I was all of, you know, at that time, 25 years old, 26 Mm -hmm. years old by the time I ran the whole company. Mm -hmm. And at that phase, now I have two children, one about to go to school. And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I don't want to work at night anymore. What do I do during the day? Mm -hmm. I went to work for a mortgage company. And that pretty much set the stage of the rest of my career. Mm-hmm. That's great, and it's um, you know such a good story of coming up from the cold calling, from coming from the sales end. I know there's always just so much like serendipity, it seems, in people stumbling into this industry. I know someone who works for a title company who thought they were applying to work at a tile company. There you and then go. They, they wound up in the title insurance industry and, and going from there. So, you know, getting getting into the mortgage space then and now president of American Financial Resources, what, what keeps you up at night? What is kind of your, your day-to-day now 
um, not even getting into the other stuff you're doing outside of mortgage. You know, just yet. You know mortgage, our, our industry is ever changing, ever yeah. changing. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to remember, I've been doing it now over 25 years. Mm -hmm. I've pretty much seen almost everything I thought I would believe, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, the pandemic was a whole nother layer that we yeah. would have never expected to see. And it ever changes, right? You always are looking at what is that next cycle? You know, mm -hmm. right now you've got this inventory concern. Right now you don't know when the rates are going up, but we know the rates mm -hmm. will eventually go up. We know that margins are going down. We know mm -hmm. that compression of those margins are going to hit. So so I personally am not someone that anything keeps me up at night because mm -hmm. I'm confident in the fact that regardless of what cycle's coming next, I've almost seen everything. Mm -hmm. And even if it's something I'm not, I'm confident in the fact that I can lead us through it. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe keeps you up, up at night wasn't the right question. Based off all the things you're doing, I'm not sure you sleep. So. <laughs> um. The so you you mentioned margin compression right yes. and you know prices going down having to be more competitive it costing more and more to originate a loan how do you yep. fight that at AFR you know I am a unique company because we are a specialty lender mm -hmm. I do not believe that any mid-sized mortgage national company can compete. Mm -hmm. on a, in a commodity business mm -hmm. so I will never be the cheapest rate ever on mm -hmm. any rate sheet, not my intention and will never mm -hmm. be our plan. But what I can do is specialize in unique products and programs that maybe are more labor intensive that mm -hmm. other companies really have no desire to do because they're churning out the mm -hmm. assembly line. So we decided, you know, a long time ago, and this is going back 2010, 2010, you know, I started AFR Wholesale in June of 2007. Mm -hmm. I was employee number one, going yeah. back to my cold calling of calling brokers, mm -hmm. and I built it from employee mm -hmm. number one. That's amazing. And in 2010, I had to decide, okay, what kind of company do I want to be when we grow up? Because I started in June of 07 during the crash and during mm -hmm. the subprime problems. I only offered one product, FHA down to 500 FICO score. That's mm -hmm. all I offered, one thing. Well, I was able to grow an entire company based on that because so many people were falling by the wayside. Mm -hmm. We are laser focused. Well, as a couple of years passed, I had to decide, well, that's not gonna work forever. Mm -hmm. That's certainly not going to work much longer. So who do I wanna be when I grow up? I could go after being a commodity and being price sensitive and worrying about all of that and competing with everyone mm -hmm. in the country, or I could specialize and I could become unique and capturing and owning certain markets. I am one of the fifth largest manufactured home lenders in the country. Mm -hmm. And two of the other are not even lenders, they are chattel companies, okay? Mm -hmm. So put me in the top three. Mm -hmm. We decided to focus in on that all the way back in 09. Mm -hmm. To this day, we are still a leader in that marketplace. So as margins compress, it will absolutely affect more the people that are more of the traditional mm -hmm. commodity than mm -hmm. it would your specialty lender. Mm -hmm. And obviously something like uh, a purchase market is going to be helpful too in that regard dealing with manufactured homes, which I guess would be probably more purchase heavy. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Forever. 
Mm-hmm. I have been about 75% purchase, even mm-hmm. during 2020 in the refi boom, I've mm-hmm. always been purchase heavy. Yeah. So we've never, mm-hmm. honestly, when everyone else booms during the refi boom, we marginally increase mm-hmm. because I am more purchase, so which how do you keep, helps, yes. which helps when the market turns. Right. So how do you keep that discipline to not go after the next shiny thing when everyone on your team must be saying, you know, interest rates are pretty low, Laura. I think we could get a lot of refinance business right now. Or what about this state? Or what about this relationship? It's interesting that my team is very mature, Mm -hmm. meaning, and I don't mean that in terms of age or in in terms of Mm -hmm. their thinking. Most of my sales team has been with me over 10 years. That's unheard of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not common. Mm -hmm. So people have, I'm very, very good at communicating the vision of the company. Mm -hmm. I will continually tell them what I'm thinking, where I'm going and why I'm doing it. And I involve, I believe in OKRs, objectives and key results. Mm -hmm. I believe in setting the goal of what the vision is and letting everyone know from top to bottom what their job is and how they fit into that equation. That makes that makes a lot of sense, and I'm sure much easier said than than done at the end of the <laughs> That's day. That's a really Especially simplistic with, way, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> with all the distraction and things happening. But I think this is one thing I always find interesting. If I talk to anyone who's been successful and run a business for oh ten plus years, which is very very hard to do, when you ask about their niche, it is razor focused on what yes. they do. Um, and I think that's you know really interesting to see, and I think a key part. Of, of success. I know you mentioned earlier that um, I think you're going on about year two and a half, year three of your podcast, and you wanted to do that kind of with communicating and being a leader to your team. So as a fellow podcaster, I would love to hear what, what got you into that. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, uh, back in July of 19 is where mm-hmm. I jumped into it. But the reason why I jumped into it was unique. Okay, mm-hmm. I realized that at that time, As you are becoming an executive in the mortgage industry, you live in your own bubble. You live in Mm. your own world. You honestly have not a good perspective of outside of the world in which you're in. Mm. And when you get to a leadership or executive role, it's even worse. You literally have people agreeing with you most of the time. Very few people honestly challenge you. Mm-hmm. So in July of 2019, I decided to start a podcast for multiple mm-hmm. reasons, but the biggest reason I needed to be quiet. I needed to listen and I needed to challenge myself to hear perspectives of people outside of the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. And so I actually would listen to Ted talks would watch videos on YouTube, would Mm -hmm. read books. And if something touched me, hit me, Mm -hmm. enjoyed it, I cold called them. I reached out to them Mm -hmm. on email, not as Laura Brandeo, president of AFR, just Laura Brandeo. No Mm -hmm. title, no prestige, no, I'm a stranger. I challenged myself to go after those relationships just on my name without them knowing anything about me. Mm -hmm. And then I researched them. I took the time to listen and and take notes. And then I put them on my podcast and I could no longer rely on my title or my prestige or my experience Mm -hmm. in the mortgage industry. And I was thrown into subjects 
I had no idea about. Mm -hmm. Jim, it taught me lessons that I never would have thought I would have learned. Mm -hmm. And some of those connections years later are some of my closest friends mm -hmm. because those people, they don't know me as what I've done in the mortgage business. Mm -hmm. And we've learned and grown together. Mm. That's wonderful. That is definitely different than my own motivations for a podcast, <laughs> but I can definitely respect, um, you know, having to reach out as the podcast person and, you know, the title going away um, yeah. once you're on there. And it's definitely for someone who probably has to communicate all the time, becoming the listener can, can sometimes be a struggle. Yep. It's actually something yeah. I challenge all leaders to mm -hmm. do. Take away your title, mm -hmm. take away your expertise, go mm -hmm. into a subject you know nothing about and put yourself on the other side. You will gain new appreciation, mm -hmm. perspective, and growth. And honestly, confidence. Mm -hmm. And why do you think so many people don't do that? Fear. Yeah. Because the longer you are comfortable wearing that label, okay, here's mm -hmm. my badge of honor. Yeah. On um, the harder it is mm -hmm. to walk into a room without it. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a, a fellow podcaster the other day, and he was saying he was trying to get an executive on a show who's head of a billion dollar you know company in the industry, and the person was just saying like, my fear is that this will only get two listens. <sighs> like that was his what his concern was that was why he didn't want to do it to your point mm -hmm. and how do you get through that early on especially running a podcast where you know two and a half years in gains momentum but how do you get through that beginning part of it i well number one it's funny i i started off by telling you that mm -hmm. i took the option of being an outbound calling person okay right. jim smartest decision I ever made in my life, besides the fact that it brought me into the mortgage industry. Yeah. It taught me skills mm -hmm. that to this day, I use every day. Mm -hmm. I know how to use my voice. I know how to get people to feel me and what I am trying to convey mm -hmm. to them. Because when you get someone to understand your why and your passion, number one thing, Jim, People don't care generally. I'm saying generally, little asterisk. Generally, people do not care about the other person. They care about themselves. So immediately remember what I did. I took away my title and I took away my expertise because what I did there is I took it down a notch. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, it's not scary to speak to me. I took myself down, okay? Yeah. I came in and I've already, I've already said, I'm, I'm going to come in here. And I made it all about them. Mm -hmm. I told them how I will spotlight them and now how I will make sure that they shine. And I will tell them how I will promote it. And I will tell them where others will right. be able to see them. And I made every single piece of it about them. And I think I've only had one person in all of the years speak to me about how many views or listeners do you have? One mm -hmm. person. And just so you know, I still got him. <laughs> that person was still on my podcast, but only once mm -hmm. has someone asked me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I like the idea of kind of taking yourself down a peg and getting titles away from it. There's always times, you know, like you, I started as a company of one at Lodestar yeah. years ago. And I'll get on the phone sometimes and people will say, oh, CEO dealing with a big shot. And I always say the same thing. I'm like, I'm the janitor too, but it doesn't look as good on a business card. So exactly. <laughs> growing your company, how do you go from being that company of one to actually dealing with a leadership team, dealing with people, having to then, you know, maybe you're not the person doing the outbound calls anymore because you have to manage that whole team. You know, this <laughs> yeah. is a self-serving question because it's the point I'm dealing with now, but I would love to hear in yeah. your experience, how do you scale? Like I, you I have to phone? tell you, that's the hardest part. Yeah. That is the hardest part of leadership. And I will mm -hmm. tell you, Jim, you know, you saw all my different things I'm involved yeah. in. A lot of that are women groups, right? <laughs> and and not to be sexist or anything, but women have an extra layer of difficulty with letting things go mm -hmm. and empowering others because we try to, mm -hmm. we, we try to, I'll, I'll use the word mother, we try to hold on and mm -hmm. we try to keep, no, if I do this or I take care of them, everything will be okay. But just like our children, we also have to prepare them to be able to go off on their own. Mm -hmm. Our teams are the same. It's the same thing. So mm -hmm. it is a struggle. I'm certainly not going to say it is easy to yeah. take your baby that you were employee number one mm -hmm. and start to, you know, hand things off to someone else. And you, you know that that person isn't going to do it exactly the way right. you would. Jim, you're, they're going to do it exactly the way they would. Mm -hmm. You properly communicated what needs to be done. You give them the tools that they need to be successful mm -hmm. and you will be there to coach them if something doesn't go the way that you needed it to mm -hmm. go. But you need to allow them to do it. You need to be there to support them. Mm -hmm. And once you realize that number one, you can never grow unless you give it over to other people that you trust that's the only way you will continue to do it, but it's a journey. Yeah. But once you get through that first phase, like that first initial growth spurt where you have to put managers in place and you have to have mm -hmm. different leadership, once you get past that initial and you have those layers, mm -hmm. it's much easier to scale. It's that initial growth spurt mm -hmm. that is the challenge. I, I call it corporate puberty. Yeah, but you're right. Right now where you're just, you know, yeah. I don't know what to do with these limbs that I, I didn't have a little while ago. So, and there, I, I've, I'm sure you found the same that there's always that sense of relief when you yeah. finally hand off something to someone and they're doing it well, and then you don't have to do it anymore. That is and I'm right. like, oh wait, now I can do a podcast. I can start a book. I can do all of these different things. That um, is exactly you, right. You mentioned kind of the, the added layer of being a woman in this industry. And my wife tells me every day to keep in mind, being a lady is hard. That's the thing she always <laughs> tells me. She's like, hey, what have I told you? Like being, being a lady is hard. So um, in an industry that's been called pale, male, and stale, how do you break in? How do you deal with kind of all the challenges that, that are facing that way? And then kind of on the other side, as you're growing a team, the other end of that of then build, building people off and advice to other women entering the industry. So it, it, I have a very unique perspective, okay? Right, I can only speak for myself, can't sure. speak for the whole gender out here, mm -hmm. okay? When I 
came into the industry, again, mm -hmm. came in telemarketing, went to work at a mortgage company, became COO. I was COO by 27. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was an executive by the time I was 27. And then I came to AFR in my early thirties and I was handed here, grow this, mm -hmm. you know, from employee number one. So my, my career moved very quickly, you know? Mm -hmm. So the reason why I'm saying that is I literally didn't have time to mm -hmm. think, am I a woman? Is that a man? Is that man doing right. something different? Because I was so focused mm -hmm. and I was so on a mission to, um, it wasn't about collecting titles or, and it wasn't about trying to get up the corporate ladder. I'm someone that's very mission-based. Mm -hmm. I give me a goal of, I want to be, you know, a top four FHA wholesale lender by this year. I accomplished that. I mm -hmm. had that goal. I accomplished that. So it was always, okay, team, hold my hand. We're forging forward and we're doing this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for all those years, from the time I was in my early twenties to 2018, I had no idea that there was even something different about being a woman. Why? Mm -hmm because I was so focused in my box. Mm -hmm. But in 2018, that word margin compression comes back again. Mm -hmm. In 2018, it was literally the first time I ever left my office, swear to God. I was not on social media. I never went to conferences. Mm -hmm. I was the person at the desk, doing work, managing, leading. Mm -hmm. And then I, I got outside of those walls. Mm -hmm. And I saw what you just said. And someone asked me to moderate a panel. First time in Irvine, California in 18. And I got up on that stage. And afterwards, I had a line of women waiting to speak to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why. And I'm like, ladies, how can I help you? They said, Laura, you're the first woman executive we've ever seen on a stage in our entire careers. Mm -hmm. How do you get out there more and pave a way for us? It was the first time I even knew there was something I needed to pave. Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize because I just was living right. in that perspective, mm -hmm. right? That yeah. box, my world. But at that moment, something clicked and I said, if I have a voice that mm -hmm. others are willing to listen to, I'm going to pave the way. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the reasons why you see me now heading up lots of initiatives mm -hmm. because I'm going to make a difference in this industry mm -hmm. and leave it better than how I came because there's a lot of women that did not have opportunities such as myself. Mm -hmm. And we're going to show the industry how wonderful they are. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's absolutely wonderful. And I think there's so much to be said for kind of people seeing that example. And it seemed from what you were saying is you always pictured yourself as that person, yeah. right? In your head of, oh, well, Correct. it's going to be me, obviously. So it doesn't matter. But, you know, not everyone has that level of, uh, let's call it confidence right at the end of the day. So um, I think the idea of seeing someone ahead of you and doing that, I think makes you know, so much sense. And I, I love that you're coming to that 
you know, at a point in your career where you have kind of the traditional industry bona fides of, yeah. as well of, you know, I'm president of this company, I'm doing this, I'm doing these things. Um, everyone see me. I want to talk about it now. That's right. And I think a lot of people try to do the opposite sometimes, um, and it can be a little more challenging. Um, Meaning but, that they try to go out before they've actually accomplished the... Yeah, it's kind oh. of a me, me, me in the industry, oh. opposed to, you know, and, and probably less women do that anyway. I think that's probably more of a male characteristic. Well, yeah, of, women, you know, ha women struggle with that. Yeah. That is a really yeah. tough thing for women to yeah. put them, uh, uh, call it vulnerable. Right. Women have a problem being vulnerable to putting themselves out there because they have a fear that others will judge them. Mm -hmm. They will judge how they look. They will judge how they sound. They will judge yeah. how they do their work. They will be judged. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, I'm at the point in my career, this is what you've got. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I also have a feeling from your cold calling days, you've been told no about a hundred thousand times. <laughs> and and guess what? I survived. Yeah. I survived. If it's New Jersey too, you probably <laughs> learned a few new swear words uh, in the process. Probably. <laughs> so in, in putting yourself out there and doing that, what types of things do you want to convey? Uh, to, to women who've been in the industry for a while or just entering the industry? So number one thing is to be themselves. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I found is that women try, and I'm not even going to loop, loop women into it because I think, I think everyone does this when you start sure. in your career, okay? Mm -hmm. If you're starting any career, I think everyone emulates who they see as successful. So people go through the social media or they see who's up on the stage or who's in the magazines and they say, okay, I'm going to be just like X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. Don't be like X, Y, Z. Yeah. You can certainly take lessons. You certainly can take a listen to their style or their mm -hmm. approach or different things, but take all that information and incorporate it into yourself. Because when you share who you are, combined with keeping a fresh perspective, staying open, and putting yourself out there into opportunities that maybe you have been afraid of in the past, mm -hmm. you will shine. Don't be afraid to be yourself. That is absolutely the most important thing. Because I think it takes us like 15 years to all of a sudden start being ourselves. Don't do that. <laughs> right from the beginning, be yourself. I think that's so important too, especially when something like a, a podcast, I was having a conversation the other day is be yourself on the podcast because if nothing else, you are going to enjoy doing it more, right? And if you're able to be yourself in all of these different facets, it's going to feel a little bit less like work at the end of the day. Hopefully. You know, it, it's funny, Jim, I, I was mm -hmm. having a conversation with a very seasoned mortgage professional yesterday. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, I see you on social media and you look so comfortable. How do I get to be that? I said, well, probably you're trying to think of who you should be. Yeah. Let me give you a clue. Just be you and you'll be yeah. comfortable. It, uh, I, I would say it definitely takes a little time to get used to the recording of the speaking and all those aspects of it. But I think you, you just have to find the version that works for you. So I, I can definitely see that. So talking about all the things you've done in the industry, the podcast, how does that tie into the book? How does that tie into Say Yes Every Day? So going back to that 
18, 2018, mm -hmm. very first. Okay. What happened that day, everything in my life changed. That day was literally a pivotal day in my life that everything changed. When those women came up to me and something clicked in my brain, mm -hmm. I all of a sudden had a new, a new mission to yeah. accomplish. And I started getting outside of being in my office all the time. I started opening myself up. Just so you know, Jim, I was not on social media until that day. Mm -hmm. Ghost, I was nowhere. So I decided to put myself out of my comfort zone every single day mm -hmm. by saying yes to just being open to things. It doesn't mean I agree to do everything. It means right. I'm saying yes to the day. Well, I took it to the point that I wanted to hold myself accountable. And in July of 19, the same time as I started the podcast, I blog every single day saying what I said yes to, mm. to hold myself accountable to the fact. So for over all this time, I've been doing this. And when the pandemic hit, I was like, well, if it saves two hours of traffic on the highway of going back and forth to mm -hmm. my office, I'm going to take all of this and write a book mm -hmm. and put it into the book. And so what Say Yes is, is being open that every day I'm going to be open to new experiences, but I go into it with no preconceived notions or expectations. Because Jim, what happens as humans mm -hmm. is we think if I do this, then automatically something greater is going to come. And when something greater does not come, you know what we do? We decide, well, that wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. How many views are you going to get? Like that CEO, yeah. how many views? If you're not going to get me at least 10,000 views, then it's not worth my time. Actually, it is worth my time because I got to meet Jim and I got to have this wonderful conversation. And if mm -hmm. one other person that listens to this has a moment that they feel good, mm -hmm. I had a great day. It's and that is what Say Yes Every Day is about. Mm-hmm. And just creating those opportunities by being positive and saying yes is enough. Opposed Correct. To yep. Saying mm -hmm. yes is enough. Mm -hmm. Well, I like that. I think that's a wonderful note to end on. I would like to thank you for saying yes to my message to come on the podcast. Uh, is there anything else where people can find you or anything you want to mention? Of course. Well, you know, we mentioned social media. So by all means, please connect to me. LinkedIn, you know, is a big one. Facebook, any mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff. I, I believe that I'm truly blessed in the industry that I've had the ability to serve all these years. And I like to really give back and support other people within the industry. So if anyone is looking for a piece of advice, a connection, a any of that, I am happy to do so. Wonderful. Well, Laura Brandeo, thank you again for saying yes. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Pleasure was mine, Jim. Right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also love to hear from you in our comments or at lendingleaders at lfsoftwaresolutions.com. A very special thanks to Elena Gardner and Brian Rieger, who helped produce our episodes each week. See you next time.